0: Welcome to I Love This Thing So Fricking Much, a podcast about passion. My name is Sophie Katz, and today I am joined by Rachel Dunn, an Egyptian fantasy writer. Welcome to the show, Rachel.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sophie.
0: Thanks for being here. So here's how this works. Rachel will have three minutes to talk about something that she loves. This can be a person, place, thing, concept, activity, anything she wants. Our only requirement is that she loves it wholeheartedly and wants to tell us why. Are you ready, Rachel? Yes, ma'am. All right, got my timer here. Now, what do you love so freaking much?
1: I love Dungeons and Dragons. I, I don't even know where to start. I guess it started when I was 17. My new boyfriend wanted to show me d and I'm pretty sure he just wanted to bring him in his new girlfriend so he could, you know, smooch me a lot more, but I took an active interest in the game. And you know what? we've been married for 13 years. The couple that rolls dice together stays nice together, I think. And there's just something about the game that's really appealing to me. It's just a bunch of grown-up folks getting together to play pretend. Pretend with rules, but, you know, pretend. And when my boyfriend, who is now my husband, was showing me D&D, Oh buddy, strap in kids, because it was Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition. Now, for those of you who don't know, that was a very clunky, imbalanced game, but it was fun and we played it a lot. And uh, it'll give you battle scars? Let me explain. So there was this thing called THACO. It's an acronym to hit Armor Class Zero. And it was used as the basis for determining if an attack roll succeeded in D&D. And what you had to do is, to see if the hit succeeded, you had to roll a 20-sided dice, you know, your D20, and then you added and subtracted any bonuses or penalties. And then you had to subtract that number from your character's daco value to find the strongest armor class that you could hit. And uh, in this edition, armor classes ranged from 10 at the worst to negative 10 at the best, meaning a lower THACO value would give you better hits. And um it was just messy. And let me tell you, fifth edition is so much simpler. I don't care what other people say, it's dumbed down. It's it might be, I don't know, but it's easier for so many people. It's eliminated the, the gateway feature of it. You know, new people can come in a lot more easily than I would say. If they had to deal with freaking Thaco. It's simple, accessible, and um, anyone who says otherwise is probably a power gamer and you don't want to talk to them. They're horrible. And the fact is, if it weren't for d and I probably wouldn't have written any of my books. Go ahead and finish your thought. Oh, um, well, you know, all of them were based on, uh, on campaigns. One was one that uh, my husband ran and
0: one that I
1: ran in the same setting.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for telling us about Dungeons and Dragons today. Yeah. Really came at this topic from a bunch of different angles. I'll see how many I can (laughs) chase down in one episode. Uh, Let's talk a little more about the community aspect. It sounded like Dungeons and Dragons was a way for you to bond with the people around you, notably your boyfriend turned husband. Yeah. And not
1: only did I get to meet that... uh, that wonderful man, but I also made a bunch of new friends that I still see from time to time, and it's great. Mm -hmm. I made friends with a woman named Abby. She's just one of the coolest, chillest people I know. And she was dating her boyfriend at the time, and she dragged him over to one of my campaigns, and -hmm. then they got married. And then then they they moved to a freaking uh, new state, We still play every Friday over Roll20. It's a website that connects players. It's super
0: cool. Why do you think that Dungeons & Dragons is so good at bringing people together like that?
1: Well, like I said earlier, it's just a bunch of adults getting to play pretend again. And so it unleashes a creative side, but also cooperation because if you're going to survive an encounter with, I don't know, a Tarrasque, you kind of need to work together. And you get to come out of it with a fun, cool story of about how everyone worked together.
0: I liked how you referred to Dungeons and Dragons as playing pretend with rules. Like I've also heard it referred to as like playing pretend, but with dice. Like you don't get to make exactly what you want happen. Like there is some sort of fate involved and you gave us a little taste of just how complicated those rules can get especially in those earlier editions.
1: Oh my goodness. Sometimes getting a bad dice roll is the best thing that could happen hmm. just for, okay, not for your party, but afterwards you get to get together and talk about how Charlie really screwed up that one stealth roll and may as well have been walking down the dungeon banging pots and pans. <laughs> and it's just, you know, crazy little things like that. You don't get to decide everything. It's largely up to the dice.
0: And it might make for a more interesting story. Like if, if you, oh, yeah. if everything goes well all the time, that's not so interesting to hear about or experience. Right, exactly.
1: It makes for a born story.
0: Do you have any recommendations for new players just trying to get into Dungeons and Dragons who maybe have heard about all the difficult rules and the different editions and have no idea where to get started?
1: Well, I mean, everyone is new at some point. And my best advice is find a good group, find a good dungeon master who knows how to run new people and they want somebody to stick around and play their game with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And don't get too caught up on the rules. You know, like I remember saying, okay, I'm in a battle. I, I don't know what to rule. What do I do? And at least three people will shout "Roll a D 20 <laughs> and from there, they'll they'll help you out. They'll guide you along until you get your feet.
0: Yeah, a good group of friends working together can make anything fun. You're right. Absolutely right.
1: Once you di- dip your toe in and you get a little more comfortable with combat and skill checks and how to level up your character, that's when you really start getting into it.
0: So now I got to ask, because you mentioned right at the end of your talk that the books you've written are based on Dungeons and Dragons campaign. You want to tell me a little more about that?
1: Oh, my good Lord. All right. So what happened was my husband ran a campaign and it was also based on the video game Suikoden. It it was insane, but it was also incredibly fun. I had this character. She was a cleric of the sun. Her name was Sophie. (laughs) So she (laughs) was supposed to have a very high wisdom score. That's the way clerics worked. Instead, I decided to just do something completely different, put the highest score that I had in strength. And he was just an idiot, a brave, well-meaning idiot. And the story unfolded. And I i love that setting because it was a mixture of like Romans and Egyptians and Norsemen, and they were all doing stuff. And it was just wonderful. And time passed. I mean, like years passed. And I thought to myself, that setting was amazing. I'm going to go ahead and remove the rune system from Suicoden and make it my own and then run it in a completely different system called Savage Worlds and run it with my friends, Abby and Jim, and also a few more friends. And I fleshed out the setting and it just took off. And once everything was said and done... I had myself a crazy, insane Egyptian-style adventure with uh, the Walking Dead being used as a form of labor. And the the Romans, they were called the Albari, oh, they didn't quite like that. So there were some altercations and, oh, it's just good times.
0: So how did that then turn into your books?
1: I'll tell you what. At the time, I was determined to make this campaign into a comic book. I was able to make six pages in the course of a year. That's not fast enough. Just not fast enough. Mm-hmm. And to motivate myself, I sat down and I said, okay, to motivate myself, why don't I write a short story to get me in the mood? Shortly after that, I decided, why don't I just write the book, dummy? <laughs> Eventually, I just kept at it and kept at it, refined it and rewrote it. Oh my gosh, how many, how many drafts did I make of the initial story? good Lord. But I eventually had something. And then once I finally had a book, two more followed. It's called the Dusk Eternal Trilogy. You, you can find it on Amazon. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. Like I said, it was a, based on a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. There's not du- uh, dragons at all. They just didn't fit the setting. But that kind of frantic playstyle, that kind of adventure, and the kind of crazy antics that only player characters can do, that is extremely evident throughout the entire series.
0: That's wonderful. It's making me think of how there's so many ways to get into that whole thing of storytelling and imagining that we're going on an adventure. Some people find it through books and some people find it through games and you've combined the two. That's right. Is there anything that you don't like about Dungeons and Dragons? And if so... How do you handle that? I would
1: say the amount of time needed to actually get into having a session, to have a good quality session, you know, everybody gets together at first, and they're they're going to chat. They're going to talk and they're going to talk about how their week went, and you know, just sort of catch up. And that's fine. I, I love it. But as you get older, you get busier. You get jobs, you get families. You get obligations. and, What used to turn into an eight-hour session, we're lucky enough to play maybe two hours a week. And there's nothing anybody can really do about that except be thankful for what we got.
0: Rachel, thank you so much for telling us about something you love today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. If you would like to learn more about Dungeons & Dragons or our guest, Rachel Dunn, you can find her social media information in the episode description. And don't forget to use the hashtag LoveThisThingCast to tell us about the things you love. I Love This Thing So Freaking Much is a production of Through the Window Media. This episode was directed and edited by Sophie A. Katz. You can find us at Through the Window on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr. That is T-H-R-O-U the Window at all those social media sites. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and you'll hear from us again soon.